I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work coronavirus edition. Okay, so I'm almost 900 uh, podcasts in, so I'm always looking on quirky uh, podcast topics because I've done a lot of the uh, the low-hanging fruit. So today, I'm going to talk about all the cards that have Urza in its name, what I'm calling Urza's cards. Okay, so we're going to start in Alpha, so it goes all the way back to Alpha. In fact, Alpha had two cards, had glasses of Urza and sunglasses of Urza. Uh, Glass of Urzo, one mana. You may look at opponent's hand. I'm reading you as it was written, not the oracle text. And Sunglass of Urza costs three. Instead, white mana in your mana pool can be used either as white or red mana. Um, so I think basically what's going on is uh, Richard Garfield knew that he wanted to sort of get a sense of, of something larger. Um, and so there, while there's no story in Alpha, there were definitely names thrown out there. Uh, Urza being one of the names, and Urza actually shows, I think Urza might be the only one that shows up in two cards. Um, Ashnod, Mishra, there are a bunch of other ones that show up, but I think Urza, uh, and they're both glasses. One of the running jokes uh, in the early days was that Urza had two heads, and that's why he had two sets of glasses, and, and Mishra had no head. Um, but anyway, uh, Glasses of Urza was a very simple, basically, like, I, I get to see your hand. Um, we don't actually do this effect much anymore, just because hidden information makes the game a lot more interesting. And so just always being able to know what your opponent has in their hand, which just makes it less fun gameplay. Um, Sunglasses of Urza was just sort of... Uh, Richard definitely made a bunch of different cards that sort of let you combine different colors in different ways. This is a card that lets you sort of play red cards in your white deck. Um, so it's it's a quirky card. Um, but anyway, and it's kind of cute that they're they're connective. Um, as you will see, I... I uh, there's a card coming up where I make fun of the glasses and sunglasses or so on another card. Okay, so next we get to Antiquities. So Antiquities uh, is about the Brothers War. So I think I think Antiquities has the highest density of Urza cards. There's seven. There's Urza's Avenger, Urza's Chalice, Urza's Miter, Urza's Mine, Urza's Power Plant, and Urza's Tower. Oh, so I'm sorry. That's not seven. That's six. I can't count. Uh, but I think six, we'll, we'll check. I think, th I, I think six is the record. Um, anyway, okay, so Urza's Avenger was a pretty cool card. It cost six for a 4-4 four, four artifact creature. Back then, artifact creatures didn't have creature types. Uh, zero, Avenger loses minus one, minus one, and gains one of your choice of flying, banding, first striker, trample until end of turn. Attribute loses and ability gains are cumulative. Um, so once again, I'm reading you as the card was printed. So basically the idea is it's a 4-4, four, four, but you can make it a 3-3 three, three and give it either Flying, Banding, First Strike, or Trample, or make it a 2-2 two, two and get two of those abilities. Um, this was a pretty cool card, and it's a neat sort of cost. Uh, we don't really do zero colon anymore, but, uh, it is a neat idea of that. I can sort of gain abilities, but I shrink as I gain them. Uh, and I think this was a cool card. This is definitely the card, I, this has inspired... There are some cards that are just R&D likes and we keep sort of riffing off of. This is one of the cards we've riffed off a number of times. Uh, Urza's Chalice, one mana, one. Any artifact cast by any player gives you one life. Um, can only give you one life each time an artifact is cast. So uh, there were what we call the Lucky Charms, is their nicknames, in Alpha, which when you, they were artifacts, thrown a bone. Uh, the, 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 when you cast a spell, uh, Ivory Chalice, the... Um, when you cast a certain color spell, you gain a life for casting that spell. Uh, because uh, Antiquities had an, uh, an artifact theme, they decided to make an artifact version of, of that. And Urza's Chalice is the sort of artifact lucky charm, if you will. Urza's Miter. Uh, three mana. 
Uh, poly artifact, I love, I love, uh, means you can activate as many times as you want. Three colon, draw one card from your library every time an artifact of yours goes to the graveyard, can only let you draw one card per artifact destruction, may not be used when you destroy an artifact to gain benefits from another card. Um, so by the way, modern text uh, of that card is, whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, if it wasn't sacrificed, you may pay three if you do draw a card. So now it's a triggered ability. Um... Anyway, this is one of those very forgetful cards. Um, if, like, if I asked you to name all the Urza's cards, Urza's Miter is one of the ones I expect people might forget. Um, other than being a silly-looking hat, it, it's not. It, it didn't end up seeing a lot of play. In contrast, Urza's Mine, Urza's Power Plant, Urza's Tower, the Urzatron, if you will. Um, so the idea is tap one to add one cost mana to your pool. If you have all three... The mine and the power plant tap for two, and the Urza's Tower taps for three. So if all if you have all three out, you can tap them for uh, seven mana combined. Uh, this was a very popular. It's got reprinted. Um, it actually got printed in the core set at one point. Um, so this is a very popular. It gets used in a lot of artifact decks, um, and is one of the more powerful of the Urza named things. Um, but anyway, I think the reason Richard did two two three was, um, or not Richard, sorry, this was Scaff. I think I asked Scaff about this. I think they just wanted to have some variety in it. I, in fact, if you, I did a podcast where I talked with Scaff about antiquity. So we did, he and I talked a bit about this. If you want more detail on how those came to be. Um, this, the, this, uh, the Urzatron is another one of those things that definitely has influenced design down the path. Okay, next we get to Ice Age. Ice Age had one Urza card, Urza's Bauble, zero. Tap, sacrifice Urza's Bauble to choose a card at random from target player's hand. Look at that card. Ignore this ability that player has no cards left in hand. Draw a card at the beginning of your next turn upkeep. So, uh, in Ice Age, they introduced cantrips, but cantrips at the time, you didn't draw the card right away. You drew the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. And it is Urza's Bobble's fault that it wasn't just draw a card. It was delayed. They were worried that Urza Bobble, because it cost zero, uh, would let you like do unnecessary deck thinning and stuff. And so all the cantrips were delayed because of the existence of Urza's Bobble. Um, and it also has a very small effect, basically, as I look at a random card from my opponent's hand. So um, it definitely was... There weren't a lot of zero-cost artifacts. I mean, there was... Um, Ornithopter was in Antiquities. But... Anyway, uh, they were trying something and, and making sure that it wasn't too dangerous. Next up is Alliances. Urza's Engine. Five mana for an artifact creature. Trample. Three, banding until end of turn. Three, all creatures banded with Urza's Engine gain trample to end of turn. Uh, so basically, you could gain a band. Like people could sort of join up with Urza's Engine. Um, banding isn't too much long for the world when this comes out. I think banding would leave a year or two later. Um, this is another one, one of those cards that's just kind of expensive. Like, if it just had banding, maybe it'd be good, but having to spend three mana to band it and three mana to give things trample, it just was a little bit overcosted, and so it didn't see much play. Next, we get to Unglued, that has two Urza cards. Urza's Contact Lenses and Urza's Science Fair Project. So Urza's Contact Lenses cost zero. Uh, it's an artifact. Urza's Contact Lenses come into play tapped and does not untap during its control's untap phase. All players play with their hands face up, clap your hands twice, tap or untap Urza's contact lenses. So this is a riff. It's making fun of Urza's glasses of Urza's. Um, so the idea is it does what glasses of Urza's does, except instead of just looking at your opponent's hand, it shows all players' hands. But uh, it has a clapper technology. 
Uh, there's an, a device called the clapper that you clap twice to turn the lights on and clap twice to turn the lights off. Uh, so the idea is you can sort of turn turn this ability on and off by clapping. Um, and we named it Urza's contact lenses just because it was, it was a connected Urza's glasses. Urza's science fair project uh, costs six mana, four, four artifact creature. Two, roll six-sided die for Urza's science fair project. One, it gets minus, minus two until end of turn. Two, it deals no combat damage this turn. Three, attack and causes this to tap this turn, basically vigilance. Four, it gains first right to end of turn. Five, it gains flying to end of turn. Six, it gets plus two, plus two on end of turn. So one of the problems with this is, one of the mistakes I made in Unglued with die rolling is I put negative things in the die rolling as if, like, you need have negative consequences. So one and two are bad. Like, you know, one shrinks it and two keeps it from doing damage. And in fact, if you shrink it with one, you're scary to roll the die again because if you roll a second one, it dies. Um, what we've since learned with die rolling is just have a variety of effects. Losing is getting the smaller effect. Not getting the best effect is losing, but you don't need to actually have it be negative. Um, and I think because of that, a lot of the die rolling and unglued where we had negative consequences just weren't that fun for people. And the big lesson that we took away from that is, look, just do all upside abilities and scale them so losing is getting the small upscale ability, not getting a downside ability. Okay, next up was an Urza's Saga. Urza's Armor. Six mana. Whenever a source deals damage to you, that damage is reduced by one. Um, I made this card. Um, I liked the idea. Uh, this was a riff off of Force Field, which was a card in what's in Alpha, in Alpha. And anyway, I just like the idea that just like if you're wearing your armor, just everything does one less damage to you. It's sort of it was flavored as armor. I think we made it Urza's armor because it was Urza's saga, and and why not? Um, okay, next up in Urza's Legacy, we have Urza's Blueprints. Six mana, Echo. During your upkeep, uh, during your next upkeep after this permit comes under your control, pay its casting cost or sacrifice it. Tap, draw a card. So the idea is you have to play six this turn and six next turn, but then every turn you can tap to draw a card. Uh, this is probably a little bit overcosted. Uh, I, I think 12 mana total to get a card every turn is a bit much. Um, then we get to Urza's Legacy. So in the Urza block, there's an Urza card in each of the three sets. Uh, Urza's Incubator costs three mana, artifact. When Urza's Incubator comes into play, choose a creature type. Creature spells of the chosen type cost two less to play. Uh, I made this card... Uh, because I got a lot of people begging us to help their, you know, I want to make a tribal deck of whatever, so I just try to make a reward that, like, most tribal decks might want. Interestingly, it works better for larger decks than smaller decks, because little decks with little tiny creatures like elves often don't have two mana in their, g generic mana in their cost. So, um, it's a little bit better on helping you play, like, a giant deck, or something that was a little bit bigger. Okay, next up is in, um, Invasion... So, uh, there are two cards in Invasion. There's Urza's Rage and Urza's Filter. Urza's Rage was a little more famous. So, Urza's Rage is two in a red. Kicker, eight in a red. So, you can pay an additional eight in, in a red. Urza's Rage can't be countered by spells or abilities. Urza's Rage deals three damage to target creature or player. If you pay the Kicker instead, it deals ten damage, and that damage can't be prevented. Um, so the idea is, it's a, basically, it's a, it's a lightning bolt that can't be... Um, countered, uh, so it's for three mana. But if you're able to spend twelve mana on it, it's ten mana, and not only can it be countered, but it can't be prevented. And so, it, like late game, it turns into a very valuable, often a win condition. Um, and this card definitely saw a whole bunch of play. Urza's filter, four mana uh, artifact, multicolor spells cost up to two less to play. Um, 
this was in Invasion because Invasion was a multicolor set. Uh, it turns out that uh, just multicolor is a theme where you play nothing but multicolor is kind of tricky to do. Like, what this is asking you to do is, is hard. And it only wants to be on expensive multicolor spells because you need two generic mana to really optimize. So this card didn't see uh, much play. Okay, uh, the next card shows up in Plane Shift. Um, uh, it's called Urza's Guilt. He feels bad. Uh, two blue-black sorcery. Each player draws two cards and discards three cards from his or her hand, then loses four life. Uh, so the idea here is you're you're drawing cards but losing more than you draw, and then you're losing life. So this isn't not particularly a good. This card didn't see a lot of play because it's just not very good. Okay, next we get to unhinge. There's two. There is a, a race, not the Urza's Legacy one, and Urza's Hot Tub. So a race, not the Urza's Legacy one, is two and a white instant. Sorry, I have hiccups. If you control two or more white permanents that share an artist, you may play a race, not the Urza's Legacy one, without paying its mana cost. Remove target enchantment from the game. So basically, it's a, it's a, a common that gets rid of an enchantment. Um, the funny thing about it is we... So the art shows somebody with an eraser literally erasing the art. And I think we had the art in when I realized we couldn't call it a race because the name had been used in Urza's Legacy. But then I embraced that, uh, and so we, we ended up calling it a race, not the Earth's Legacy one, which, is, to be honest, is a way funnier name than a race. So uh, it was a happy accident that got us there. Um, this is part of the Artist Matters theme. There's an Artist Matters theme in um, Unhinged. It Basically, there's a whole bunch of cards that want you to play a deck all of the same artists. And this is one of those. Hold on a second. I'm going to take a sip of water here so I can try to get rid of these hiccups. Okay, hopefully that will get rid of them. Okay, next is one of my favorite cards from Unhinge, Urza's Hot Tub. Uh, so it costs two mana uh, for two and discard a card. Search your library for a card that shares a complete word in its name with a discarded card. Reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. The only thing I worry about this card is I kind of wish I had not let you use articles because one of the best ways to use this card is like the and stuff, which is kind of lame. Um, but this is a lot of fun card of sort of letting you have access to your deck. So if you sort of build your deck with an intellected lace work, it allows you to trade cards for cards. So I think it's pretty cool. Next, Urza's Factory. This was from Time Spiral. So Urza's Factory um, is uh, a land. Tap, add one mana to your mana pool. Seven and tap, put a 2-2 assembly worker artifact creature token into play. Um, so this was... Okay, so we were doing uh, Time Spiral. It had a huge um, nostalgia theme. Uh, and so we were trying to figure out how to... Oh, so, I'm sorry. The, the, the card says... Or no, I said what the card did. Um, so anyway, we were trying to figure out how... We wanted to have another land that was Urza's. Oh, so let me tell you this story real quick. So when we made um, Urza's Mine, Urza's Power Plant, Urza's Tower, they were just lands. There were no subtypes. Later, in order to make them work, we had to give them sort of, uh, subtypes. So the way it ended up working is um, each one got the subtype Urza's and the subtype either Mine, Power Plant, Hyphenated, or Tower. Um, so it turned out that Urza's ended up being a land subtype. So we were in we were in Time Spiral. We're like, okay, we could have some fun here. Can we do something that really will play into this? So we loved the idea. Mishra had a factory. Mishra's factory is a very powerful card in Antiquities that sees a lot of play. So we thought it'd be fun to have Urza's factory. Um, and we wanted to connect to the Urzatron. 
Uh, and so we really were having a lot of trouble. So, so we, we go, we go, we went in knowing we wanted to call it Urza's factory and wanted to call it and land Urza, Urza subtype. Um, so like, okay, probably taps for colorless. That's, that's what those kind of cards do. But then we came up with a brilliant idea of what if it had an activated ability that costs seven mana? Why seven mana? Because the Urzatron, when it's all put together, produces seven mana. Okay, well, what can it do? Uh, and that's when we thought of, um, there was a card in Antiquities called Mishra's Factory that made an assembly worker. Uh, an assembly worker ended up being something that we've used um, a couple different times uh, as something that is sort of a... Um, I think we had it called assembly worker because that's that was the word it was used on Mishra's Factory. Um, but we've definitely, over the years, we've made up a bunch of different ones. Uh, and so it just became a thing associated with the brothers. Uh, and so we thought it was funny. So... The idea was, okay, assembly workers are always 2-2. Two, two. Uh, or, I'm sorry, they're, oh, the the tokens, the Mishra's Factory one was 2-2. Two, two. I guess we've made ones of different sizes, but the Mishra's Factory one was 2-2. Two, two. Um, so we thought it was sort of funny that Urza's Factory makes assembly workers, uh, and but it, and it costs 7 because it ties to Urza's. So anyway, this is one of those cards that we did a lot of work to sort of get the overall flavor, and I'm very happy with sort of the finished feel of it, um, which that's pretty cool. Okay, next up. Uh, Urza's Academy Headmaster, white, blue, black, red, green, legendary planeswalker Urza, loyalty of four, plus one, head to askurza.com and click plus one, minus one, head to askurza.com and click minus one, minus six, head to askurza.com and click minus six. Um, so the idea for this card was we wanted to mess, mess, mess around with, um, making you to go to something that had a variable to it. Um, and so the idea is if you go to askurza.com, um, there is literally there's the card Urza's Academy Headmaster and you can click on the plus one on the minus one or the minus six. And when you do, what we've done is we've put a whole bunch of planeswalker abilities in each of them appropriately, like small plus abilities, small minus abilities and, and ultimates basically. And so when you click it, you don't like, it's going to be, uh, usually it's some sort of, um, Planeswalker ability, but it's random. You don't know which one it's going to get. Um, people have been asking for Urza's forever. People have been asking for a five-color Planeswalker forever. Um, I saw the opportunity to do it. Uh, the reason it's Urza Academy Headmaster, by the way, is in the Invasion storyline, Urza gets his head chopped off, but he stays alive for a while. And so I thought it was funny that in the alternate version of... Um, in, in fact, if you look at... Uh, in Urza's hot tub in, in Unhinged, Urza is there as a, uh, a separated head sitting in an inner tube. And the idea being, we sort of established that in the Universe, the multiverse that is the un, where the Unset takes place, a parallel multiverse, uh, that Urza is alive and he's a head. And we decided that he'd be teaching because, you know, he, he, he's a teacher at heart. So anyway, he's a disembodied head that teaches. Uh, and so it gave us a chance to do a five-color Planeswalker and an Urza Planeswalker and just some stuff that people have been asking for forever. And it gave us a chance to sort of um, mess around with something that was sort of fun, that it seemed like a very un-thing to do of, you know, the abilities are random and you have to go see what, what he does. Um, we have changed what Urza does a couple times. Um, the one I remember is during War of the Spark, we changed it to have some of the abilities from the War of the Spark ones. 
Um, I think we then that only that lasted for maybe two months, and then we went back. So his base abilities are the like we have a default abilities, and then every once in a while for a little while we'll we'll put in some other abilities. Um, but it's designed so that we can change it up. So we have changed it from time to time. When you go, uh, there's a I think there's. I think by default there's 20 abilities in each, like the 20 plus one abilities, 20 minus one abilities, and 20 minus six abilities. Um, but anyway, we do change it from time to time. So you never know when you go, whether it'll be... Uh, the other thing, if you go to askgerza.com, by the way, um, you can actually hit download now, and it'll download all the abilities that's in Urza at the time you downloaded it. So if you want to, if you don't have the computer handy, you can download it and print it up and carry it around with you if you want to play Urza's Academy Headmaster without having uh, access to the internet near you. Okay, next up uh, is three cards from Dominaria. So I, uh, for the trivia question I asked earlier... I think uh, Antiquities wins for the most Urza cards. And then tied in second place is Urza's... Um, where is it? Inv is inv invasion. No, Invasion is two. Um, oh, maybe, maybe second place just is Dominaria. Okay, so first place is Antiquities. Second place is Dominaria. I guess that guess makes sense. Uh, in third place with two is Alpha and Unglued and uh, Invasion... And unhinged. Yeah, I think that's... Okay. Karn, Scion of Urza. Costs four mana. Legendary Planeswalker Karn. Leg uh, loyalty of five. Plus one. Reveal the top two cards of your library. An opponent chooses one of them. Put that card into your hand and exile the other with a silver counter on it. Uh, Karn's made of silver for those who didn't know. Minus one. Put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. Minus two. Create a zero, zero colorless construct artifact token. With this creature, it plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. Um, so, uh, we got to revisit Karn. We went back to Dominaria. Uh, we were just trying to tap into a bunch of different things. Um, this one, uh, Karn definitely has been studying and learning stuff. He's, he, he, there, there's some crises in the multiverse he's trying to deal with. Um, and anyway, so the, the tricky part of making Karn Planeswalkers is that they're colorless, they're generic mana. And so, um... You have to make something that is narrow in a way that just any deck can't just play it. Uh, and so this one was made very much to sort of play into the space of an artifact deck. Like, obviously, his last ability, I wouldn't really call it an ultimate at minus two, but uh, it is something that, like, it gets better the more artifacts you get. Um, and so this definitely lets you sort of play around with drawing cards, but the, the, the big ability wants you to have artifacts. So the, it pushes you a little bit more into wanting to play this into an artifact deck. Um, next, also from uh, Dominaria, Urza's Ruinous Blast. Four and a white legendary sorcery. You may cast a legendary sorcery only if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. Exile non-land permanents that aren't legendary. Um, so this was part of a cycle, a legendary cycle, in which each one has the name of a character from the past and is talking about a big moment in time. This is represents the end of the Brothers' War when he uses the Silex to sort of blow everything up, um, the Gagolthian Silex. Anyway, and this is that moment of destruction. So it it's a le legendary sorcery. Um, the legendary... Dominary was a pretty popular set. The legendary sorcerers were probably the ones that went over release well. I think it was a little bit harder to have a legendary in play than we thought. So these... Um, although Urza's, Urza's Ruinous Blast, I, thought, I think that saw a little bit of play. Anyway, the final card in... Um, 
in uh, or sorry, in Dominaria was Urza's Tome. Two artifacts, three and tap, draw a card, then discard a card unless you exile a historic card from your graveyard. Uh, historic cards are artifacts, legendary, and sagas. Um, this was a card I made because I was trying to demonstrate how to use the historic mechanic. Um, and the neat idea of this card was that um, it, it lets you uh, loot, meaning you draw and discard, but for every historic card in your graveyard, you can, instead of discarding, you can get rid of a card from your graveyard. So it really sort of was playing in the space of, hey, you want to play a historic deck, which artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. And so um, this was playing into the historic theme. Uh, this is one of the cards I made when I was trying to prove the concept of historic. I don't know if people remember the story, but Bill was not a fan and wanted me to take it out. And I went through a lot of rework figuring out how to do it. Um, and this is where I figured out how to batch them so that historic was a word that meant something and then it meant you know, artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. Um, anyway, this was one of the cards I made during that proof of concept purchase, uh, proof of concept time. But anyway, it got made and, and there's a stone. Next up, uh, this one is from Commander 2018. Taunos Urza's, Urza's Apprentice, blue-red for a 1-3, legendary creature, human artificer, haste, blue-red tap, copy target artifact or triggered ability you control from artifact source, you may choose new targets for the, for the copy. Uh, so Taunos was uh, the apprentice to Urza. He had showed up in the Brothers' War. Uh, there had been artifacts like Taunus's wand or Taunus's coffin that had referenced him, but we had not until this point actually seen a Taunus card. Um, and once again, this is a top-down design. We're trying to capture the idea of... Um, and so the cool thing about this is he was made to war more work with artifacts in a fun way. So the idea is if you have him in play, he can copy, activate, and trigger abilities. So he can do whatever your artifacts can do. So he really wants, like, the more you surround Taunus with artifacts, the more cool things that Taunus can do. So that, that, was, uh, that was a pretty fun card. Okay, next up, the final two cards. Uh, I'm sorry, the next card was in uh, uh, Modern Horizons is Urza Lord High Artificer. So finally... Uh, I mean, obviously, in Unhinged, uh, not Unhinged, in Un Unstable, we made Urza Academy Headmaster. Um, and technically, technically, there's a card called Blind Seer that was in Urza Saga that represented a character that Urza was pretending to be, so one could argue that it was secretly Urza. But um, it's not until here that we made a legendary creature of Urza. Uh, one of the things that, of Modern Horizons was... Uh, they weren't doing a lot of legendary creatures because uh, Commander Legends was coming out, and at the time they were closer together. Um, but it was decided that they'd make a few iconic cards to be the legendary creatures. Uh, so Yawgmoth and Urza were the two I picked as the main iconics. So anyway, Urza Lord High Artificer, two blue blue, one four, legendary creature, human artificer. When Urza Lord High Artificer enters the battlefield, create a zero zero colors contract artifact token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. Note the same thing that Karn makes it. that we, We've done a bunch of the contract artifacts and they, they have been tied to, to various inventors like Urza. Uh, tap an untap artifact you control, add blue. Uh, five, shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until the end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. So the idea essentially is he works really well with artifacts. He can sort of cast artifacts off the top of your deck. Um, oh, in fact, he can play cards off the top of your deck. Uh, you just don't control what card you're getting. So he can do random effects off the top of your deck. Uh, and he also can generate mana from artifacts. Um, that ability, by the way, is the biggest stretch. Uh, I'm not sure Blue is supposed to be doing that. 
Uh, when I look at this guy, the, the, the color pie guy, in my, I'm like, ah. Um, we did, uh, we have let blue produce colorless mana, and sometimes we let blue produce mana to cast artifacts. This one's a little more open-ended. I mean, you do have artifacts to generate it, but that's not not the biggest of asks. So anyway, um, this is a very powerful card. Sees a lot of play. Um, people were happy to finally see an Urza. Um, but, uh, so that's Urza, Lord High Artificer. Finally, the last card with Urza showed up in Modern Horizons 2, Urza Saga. Uh, as the Saga enters and after your draw step, add a lore counter. Chapter 1, Urza Saga gains, tap, add colors. Uh, two, chapter two, Urza Saga gains two, tap, create a zero, zero colors construct artifact creature token, with this creature goes plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. Chapter three, search your library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle. Okay, so, uh, the idea behind this card was, I think it was Allie that figured out that you can make an enchantment land that was both Urza's and Saga. Oh, one of the themes that happened in Modern Horizons was uh, making cards that the name of the card was the name of a magic expansion. And I think that, uh, like, that came together because of the realization that we can make a land called Urza Saga that was Enchantment Land Urza Saga. Now, it had to be an Enchantment Land because Enchantment is a... Uh, sorry, Urza's is a land subtype. Saga is an Enchantment subtype. So in order to have Urza's Land, it had to be an Enchantment Land. Uh, but the idea that's cool is making an Urza Saga that was a saga. The reason it was a land and not just a general enchantment was the coolness of it being Urza Saga uh, seemed awesome. Now, it did make it a land, meaning you can play it as your land flaps. I mean, it, it, it did a lot of quirky things. Um, and then it just did a lot of Urza things. Oh, well, Taps of Cullis, that's something a lot of Urza's lands do. It makes constructs, that's something Urza does. Uh, searches library for an artifact card that are small, zero or one. So these are all things that Urza does. They had to be things that were minimized because it's a free spell, right? I mean, it uses your land slot. Um, anyway, Urza Saga, another pile for Urza's card. Like you'll see, there's a number of Urza's cards that have gone on to be, to see a decent amount of play. Um... I do believe there will be more Urza cards in the future. I mean, we are going to Brothers War, so I'd be surprised if the name if there aren't cards with the name Urza in them in Brothers War. Hint, hint, that might be coming. Um, and um, that's that's my my jaunt through uh, all the cards with Urzas in his name. Like I said, uh, some quirky topics. Hopefully, I, I, what I found is people generally seem to like the card by card story. So. Uh, I figure I'll do this from time to time, and I just keep coming up with quirkier and weirder themes to do that in. Also, uh, being home makes it a lot easier. Uh, so it, it is, uh, I, as I'm talking, I can look things up and stuff. I don't know if you, you can't tell that I'm doing that, but I am. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast, but I can see my desk. So we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.